Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. Today, I'm going to walk you through the seven different elements of putting a financial plan together. But before we do that, let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and wisdom that we need to face the challenges or circumstances that we might find ourselves in. We know that you have a great plan for us, and that you love us so much. Allow us to yield to your Holy Spirit. We ask all this through the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, we're going to look at the seven different elements of creating a financial plan, and I'm going to dive into uh, the first one uh, for a little bit today. The first step is assessing the current financial situation. We need to identify our starting point, and I'll talk you through why this is important and how to do it. The second step is to set goals, and we've talked about this step in some of the prior episodes. Thirdly, we write out a detailed plan. If it isn't written down, if we aren't detailed, it's not going to happen. A detailed plan is key. The fourth element is to actually execute the plan. This is the hardest one. This is where most people stop and they never do it. It's where the rubber meets the road. The fifth element is how do you regularly monitor and reassess the plan? You know, things change. Our situation can change. Life circumstances. And with that, our priorities can change. And then sometimes our choices and, you know, just life circumstances, we need to be able to figure out how do we monitor and reassess what our plan is, what God's calling us to, because this is crucial to our success. The sixth and seventh elements, they're kind of unique. They're not like linear steps because they can happen at any time uh, in our our financial planning process. And they also can kind of keep showing up and revealing new aspects to us. So the sixth element is to know our money personality. You know, are are we a saver? Are we a spender? Are we a nerd? Are we a free spirit? Are we generous? Are we selfish? Right? All these things can kind of, our natural inclinations and, and our tendencies are very important. And then what about our spouse? Like how we relate to money and how we can cultivate the right relationship with money, this is important because it'll show us where We might run into pitfalls or challenges, right? So this is really key because it's going to show us our tendencies. And that's a huge thing to identify as we try to move a, you know, any kind of plan, but particularly a financial plan and working with our spouse as we try to move that forward. And the seventh element is to replace money myths with money truths. So if we think about this for a second, as we go through life, we are constantly bombarded with money myths, right? It could be like a commercial, sometimes very clever marketing uh, about anything, loans, investments, insurance, whatever it might be. Other times it might be, I mean, it could even be a broke friend's opinion, right? And we kind of latch onto it, uh, these myths. And what we need to do in those circumstances is we need to find the truth, right? In John 8, verse 32, the truth will set you free. So we really need to be 
be able to identify the truths about money as opposed to just allowing these myths that we're constantly bombarded with to overcome us, right? So, so those are the seven elements of a good financial plan. And I'll, I'll say them again, uh, just in a list real quickly so in case you're, uh, you missed some. But number one, assess the financial situation. Number two, set money goals. Number three, write out a detailed plan. Number four, execute the plan. Number five, regularly monitor and reassess the plan. And then number six, know your money personality. And number seven, learn money truths to replace money myths. So we're going to take some time today diving into this first one, assess the financial situation. So if we just think for a moment, when we need directions to go somewhere, right? If we're using GPS on our phone or if we're using Google Maps or for some of us that are a little older, if we're using MapQuest, for some of us even older than that, if you had to call the place where you're headed and ask them for directions, right? But in all those situations, the first question we're either asked or the first data set that we have to put in to the app or whatever is, where are you coming from? If we don't provide that information correctly, we'll receive directions to where we want to go, but it'll be of no use to us because it isn't actually taking us from the place where we are, where we're we're starting from. The same is true with our finances. Before we start heading anywhere, we need to first establish where we are. Each of us is in a different spot, right? We're all unique. We all have a different situation we're we're dealing with, and we have different, you know, things God's calling us to and the way we feel about, you know, certain situations. And so we really need to establish where are we currently at. And this is the biggest challenge I face when I'm asked like one-off questions. For instance, if a young family asks me whether they should buy a certain house or not, my first question back to them is, like, where are you? What does the whole picture look like? I mean, they might have over $100,000 in student loan debt. They might have $1,200 you know, monthly car payment, maybe a $20,000 balance on a credit card, or maybe they have half a million dollars in savings. Maybe they have all of those things, right? Those are all important elements in determining where they are. So how do we assess our financial situation? And we we look at personal finances just like we might look at a business. Some of these terms and analysis we might look at might remind you of maybe if you've taken any business classes or, or work in a business and you hear some of these terms, right? But it's very similar for personal finances as well. If you're trying to figure out if a business is healthy, you would look at its balance sheet and its profit and loss statement. The balance sheet shows us what they have in assets and what they owe in liabilities. And the profit and loss, the P&L, that will show us their income and whether they're making money or if they're losing money. But with our personal finances, we'll look at, I call it a personal financial statement. This lists our personal assets, right? It lists our liquid assets like cash, bank balances, investments, as well as fixed assets like a home, vehicle, or other valuables. Then we list our liabilities we have, right? That those are our debts or the money we owe. So this is of course loans, but it's also money we might owe a friend or a family member. Could also be a medical bill, something in collections, a tax bill, you know, anything that we need to pay off. And it's, it's very important to look at what the monthly payments are on those loans. 
and the terms remaining. Without that information, we really don't have a full picture because we don't want to only see the balance, but we want to see how long are we scheduled to be dealing with this item. And this information might not be obvious on all of them if we're making minimum payments or if we're on some type of modified repayment you know, schedule from the original note. I remember when I was, uh, I think I was 20 years old, I had gotten a credit card and racked up a balance of about, it was probably about $3,000. And it wasn't like a big car repair. It was just excess spending, and I had relied on a credit card to kind of catch the excess. I wasn't organized, and I wasn't making payments on time. I remember one day, I remember exactly where I was. I got a phone call from a credit card company, and they, they basically demanded that I set up automatic payments from my you know, checking account. It was something like maybe it was $100 a month. And I started paying them, you know, that $100 a month for a few months. And then one day I finally looked at the bill. I, I usually hadn't looked at the bill because I didn't want to, right? But I looked at the bill and I had a panic attack. The balance had grown. And it wasn't for me using the card. I had stopped using it. But there were fees and finance charges, return payment charges, because there was, believe it or not, I wasn't organized. Sometimes my bank account didn't have the money in it for their scheduled you know, automatic payment. I was sick to my stomach. And I remember thinking that the last several hundred dollars I had paid them, uh, I had thought it was chipping away at the balance and it wasn't. I realized I had to get real serious and stay on top of this if I ever wanted it to be gone. I started working more uh, to try and, you know, throw more money at the balance and get it paid off. If, if I had never looked at the statement and worked to understand the situation, I would not have been able to figure out what the deal was, and what I needed to do to change it. So assessing all this information and getting the details is important. So after we have the assets and liabilities, we next look at the income and expenses that you know the whole household experiences. So if you're married, it's as a couple. So this would be all the income that the household has, right? Paychecks from jobs, income from side hustles, you know, if you have business, uh, if you own a business, any business income, investment income, you know, other, other, you know, passive income, we look at all of it. Then we look at the household expenses. So that's going to include, and, and not just the household expenses, the expenses for the entire household, right? So it's all the monthly expenses like we would talk about in a budget, but other expenses that come up over the year, right, that aren't necessarily monthly, depending on how you pay your insurance, it might might be monthly or for 10 months or twice a year or once a year, maybe quarterly taxes, Christmas, birthdays, you know, those type of gift things, vacations, or other just annual or semi-annual quarterly bills that need to be paid. I always collect this information from my new clients so that I can see where we are starting from. And for most of them, honestly, probably 90% or more, it takes a few days to pull this together, sometimes even longer. Uh, because they have no idea what they have or owe. So why is that? Well, it's usually because they've never either taken the time to look. Sometimes there's fear. Maybe they're worried to look at how you know bad the situation is. Or maybe it's because they're so busy in a bit of a crisis mode, just running around like crazy, that they never seem to be able to focus on anything like this. You know, in all of it, it's they've never seen the value of assessing the situation. If they feel it would be valuable, they would have made it a priority. You know, if 
If there are things we think we should do but haven't done them yet, it just means they aren't a priority. It's really very simple. I remember when um, Taryn and I, my wife uh, and I, when we did this for the first time, it was when my student loans from my MBA came due. The letter I got with the monthly payment seemed much larger than I expected, and it just seemed like it was going to be way too much for our situation. It forced me to see what the what the full picture was. I was so scared and nervous because I didn't know what I'd find. I thought for sure our situation was bad, but I had no idea what to do about it. I forced myself to take a look, and I pulled all the information together, and it was bad. We owed so much, we couldn't afford to make the payments, but bringing everything into light and seeing the mess that I had created, it's what woke me up to, to see, like, we have a huge problem. It drove me to want to learn more and to find a way to clean up the mess and never let it happen again. So once we collect all this information, we'll start to see, you know, an outline of our current situation. But there's still a few other questions we need to answer to complete our assessment. In addition to looking at the PFS, that's personal financial statement, that's what I call it for short, PFS. In addition to looking at that and the income and the expenses, there's also some other items we need to inspect. These are important items. And, you know, many of us hear about these, but we're not sure how to get the right ones in place. These include different insurances, as well as legal documents we might need, like wills, power of attorneys, uh, and trusts. And like just because you have car insurance, life insurance, homeowner's insurance, or even renter's insurance, it doesn't mean you have the right coverage. And we will go into depth uh, with these in a future episode, but a full assessment is going to look at all of these items. Along with that, having certain legal documents are crucial depending on your current situation. And unfortunately, most people find out that they, you know, should have had something because they enter a situation, it's usually a crisis, and they're not prepared with the documents that they could easily have taken care of. And it just adds usually a very heavy weight, a, a big burden to an already upsetting or challenging moment. So I remember the first time we put a will together, it was when we decided to take a trip abroad, just Taryn and myself, and we wanted to make sure we had decided who would get guardianship of the kids if, God forbid, something happened to us. But like, like, is that the only time something could happen to us, that if we were, you know, traveling abroad, right? I mean, it's very, very important. And insurance for us was a different story. A friend of mine who I had grown up with uh, right out of college, he started selling life insurance. So we bought life insurance from him. The policies we bought were a little expensive, but the main concern was it wasn't the right coverage. So as I began to learn, we fixed that. And, you know, I thank God nothing happened to us or our family would have been in a very serious financial pickle. But we had sought the what we think we can afford option as opposed to what we really need uh, because some of these things are a, a, a major priority. And if we haven't ever looked at them, we're going to see them move way up in our priorities within our budget to make sure we have them in place. So all of this information equates to where you are, your starting point. From here, you can move to the next step. And, and that's where we'll begin to discuss what the goals are. Where do we you know, want to head from here? What do we want to work towards? Where do we think God is calling us? For the second step to create a financial plan, we focus on goal setting. And I just walked you through that in two of my previous podcast episodes, 
they're pretty obviously titled uh, Goal Setting Part 1 and Goal Setting Part 2. So be sure to check those episodes out. In those two episodes, I walk you through the five steps of goal setting. We start with brainstorming, hopes and dreams, and then from that list, selecting realistic and specific goals. And then in part two, I walk you through how to break the goals down into smaller steps, and then how to identify and overcome obstacles. And lastly, how to set a time frame. So check out those previous episodes, and then join me next time for our third element of this process of creating a financial plan, and we'll discuss how to write out a detailed plan. I hope this was helpful. I will drop a couple links into the podcast description. So if you want to download a a personal financial statement or even a budget outline to start collecting this data for yourself, I will put some links in there to get a downloadable PDF. Uh, Again, I hope this was helpful. If if you think you'd want to share it with someone else, please please do that. And uh, yes, please come and join me next time as we talk about how to write out a detailed plan. God bless. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.